0: Hello and welcome to the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This is season three, a season dedicated entirely to stories of how God is faithful through the roughest times in our lives. I truly believe that we can gain in faith and hope through other people's stories and testimonies. So pull up a chair, listen closely and be encouraged by today's story. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce Diane Congdon. is an author who's going to speak with us today about her book and her story and how God has worked in her life.
1: Hello, Diane. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Lori, for having me. I I just am honored to be able to share my story. Uh, I I just want to start off with a, a, a brief prayer to the Father. Praise to the Father for this moment in time where we can share these things with others that they will be touched. And I just lift up that my words would be of you, Father, and that I would be shown the pathway to have any nuggets of inspiration land on the hearts, open the doors of the hearts of the listeners. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So story begins. I'm I'm now 80. Yeah. And I was born again at 75. Yeah. And so many people say, not so much about my story. And why I wrote the story, but it's more about oh my goodness, you're not giving up at age 80, and that's yeah. just true. Yeah, so if, Sam, it,
0: you you look amazing for 80. I would never have guessed that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, kind. Well, um, s- s- just so you know, I I want that to be also a part of my message. That whatever and whoever is listening that whatever age you are, it's appropriate for you to take action. That's what we're called to do. So this book is about a calling. And I was called because my husband, who just passed away, seems just that in May of 21, at just 10 days shy of being 85, um, drew me to this book. But it started back way back in 2012, when I began to see his health we had a glorious life we lived on boats we had amazing things that we did together and yet in 2012 I could see that there was going to be a shift and as it progressively moved out of the 70s into his 80s it began to multiply And it eventually did become uh, irreversible and doctors knew it and I knew it and everybody knew it. And we just finally, one day I said, Lord, we just have to stop all this trying and now enjoy the days that are left. And so, um, So I answered a call in 2019, kind of in the middle of all this. Uh, It was a, a call for you could write a book or you could sell a product online or you could be a coach. Yeah. And so I thought, I'm going to write a book. So the first thing, of course, that is addressed is what pain are you going to solve for someone? Holy Spirit says, "Okay, die. What's your what's your pain? And I said, well, you you already know my pain it's his salvation Mm. so there began my story yes and I had done some work with uh empower 2000 webinars it's a marvelous company uh, very very spiritual based and I had moved away from 31 years of new age into the Lord my Wonderful. sister-in-law says to me one day, I think you would be so good to listen to James Gall. And I said, I don't know who James Gall is, but I'll I'll do that just because you told me to. And so there began my journey. Mm-hmm. And it was in um, when I turned 75 that I was saved. And I started my first year of writing this book. And it involved two marriages. Yeah. And at the end, it was so boring and such a mess. I said, okay, that's just never going to fly. I'm obviously a, a novice at this. So I said, Holy Spirit, you have to show me what now next to do. So I trimmed away the first marriage. Yeah. Now I added just the marriage I'm in. And then the Lord, in it's very good time. It took nearly a year. He finally says to me one day, Diane, my job is to save. Your job is to love. Yes. Oh. Right away the whole second year of writing. Yes. Third year. Right to the third year now. Finally I got it. I stopped trying to write what I thought I should write, say what I should say, do what I should do. And I picked up the pen and I sat down in front of my computer and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, tell me what to write. Mm, that is a perfect place to be. Well, it is. Uh, it is a perfect place because then I don't necessarily own it. I can just be guided to do it. And it's much it's much more important for us to be in it than in to do it. So the first two years were the doing years. Now I'm in the being years. And um, so what also came out of this was the fact that I love cooking. And a friend even who knew I was writing this book said, you know, that that cooking thing is very interesting. Maybe if so, I thought, Ooh, OK, so the Holy Spirit says, well, why don't we just uh, do this? Why don't we take the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. Which has seven petitions, seven chapters. That's that's a good, nice, good fulfillment number of chapters. Uh, the first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer are for us to do. The last three petitions of the Lord's Prayer are for the Lord to do. Now, focus on that and see what we can do. So that's what I did. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to bring the cooking in. I decided, because I'd done a lot of cooking classes and actually did entertain in large ways and had all that, you know, behind me yet. So I added chef notes to everything. Yeah, that's wonderful. Then I took those chef notes and made a recipe that was applying to that little message. And then I said, "Well, if we're gonna have a recipe about it, I might as well have a recipe book." So I said, "Okay, I'm gonna add a recipe book." Yeah. Then I'd pick something out of every chef note that would be a Lord thing. Yeah, like aprons came up. We have to apron ourselves in the Lord. Yeah. Uh, the Lord is our keeper. My mother. I'm. I'm from Kansas. Uh, Lori, so you need to know that I grew up with tornadoes. We had a root <laughs> cellar. That root cellar was everything because tornadic season went from anywhere from April to probably maybe the beginning of June. And wow. it would be middle of the night. Many times my parents would wake me up as a little girl and say, my mother used to say, now, honey, you, you can only bring one thing because wow. we might not have anything, but you could have one thing. So I learned that lesson of possessions quite young so that, you know, the one thing changed as I got older. But what I witnessed, just I'll add this as an aside, was my neighbor, a young mother, she had little children, you, you know, not a new wife, but, you know, a young married couple. She was frantic with it, And there I was. I used to just sit there, listen to the wind howl. It's right above us. It's howling. And we hear the wind. We don't know what the wind's doing. And she was just panic-stricken. So I was so grateful as I began to reflect on my life that my parents really did instill into me a very trusting kind of, of you know, to be trustful. Now, did I have to learn the lesson of trusting too much? Yes, I did. Yes. We never locked our doors, except for one time we went away to see Mount Rushmore. Wow. And that is the truth. No, nothing ever happened. I mean, my little town only had 600 people. Yeah. So, you know, that's the way it was. Well, anyway, to get back to my story. So there the chapters started to unfold. Now I've, I've got myself a, a rhythm. And here's how it worked. I'll just, I'll just read to you, for example, from chapter two, which is uh, thy kingdom come. You know, the, the kingdom has to come through us to yes. earth. We're not about going up enrapture my friends we're about bringing the kingdom here on earth and so for that I said this and I did these words specifically because of the of the cooking part I so I said sift and shift your union with obedience knowing the way to go and to walk in it and then my chef note that day was about complex instructions and how I overdid my taco chicken and by the way that taco chicken is fabulous don't Miss it. <laughs> right. The chapters unfolded and then uh, Holy Spirit said, well, now, hey, at the end of the chapter, let's just do a little work for them, because this could be maybe a book used at a church or a women's group or per- specifically women, uh, a time to review and and journal your reflections. So I had these points, and it changed from chapter to chapter. But then I would have a declaration uh, to do with that chapter. And then I would have a section for your thoughts, ideas given to you from Jesus, and reflections, so that you could engage in the book. Now, what I also did, Holy Spirit says, now we want to have this, biblically based so whatever we're going to talk about it's going to be biblically based so not only do you find actual in quotes scripture at the end of every chapter you'll find scripture
0: that applies
1: to the message so I felt like you know I got to the end and of course as you move to the latter parts about temptations and evils I address those things uh, and then finally, at the end, I'm, I was able to share with the reader that uh, my husband, in his last very difficult four weeks or so, he did give his heart to the Lord.
0: Yes, wonderful. So it
1: was because I could. I led him through a, a series of just uh, forgiveness of certain siblings, maybe that he needed to address. I did his mother and father. Mm. And I wrote these letters and somebody said, well, where did you mail the mother and the father to? I said, it's not mailed. It's I have them. But they, they were mailed in the heart. So they did receive them in the heart. And that was a forgiveness message. And he was forgiving. And he forgave the siblings. And so we fortunately had a beautiful hospice uh, team here in Fort Lauderdale and a chaplain that was very, very helpful and instrumental. And I was able to uh, weave these things in these days because I stopped everything. I stopped the news. I stopped my computer. I didn't answer the phone. Never did I answer the phone unless it was my daughter or my, or, or my stepson. We, we, my daughter came and uh, spent eight weeks with me as those last days transpired. And so all the while, the book was nearly done. I actually continued to write in my private a time when he would be sleeping. I also started a second book. Yeah. Uh, I shared with a group. I have several prayer groups of which I belong. And I was saying, you know, I am having these days of tears. And one of the ladies says, well, that sounds like another book to me. <laughs> and I had recorded four days of tears. And I thought, okay. So I stopped one day and I rearranged uh, them into a format that told of my tears. And secondly, it uh, explained what I learned from the tear. Yeah. And then what I would suggest to someone walking this walk with their beloveds might want to consider. Yeah. So that format started the next 21 days of tears. Now that book is ready to be published. I'm waiting on my 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 one endorsement. This this, this astonishing joy I had endorsements. So I had a much more flourished book. I had a tribute to my parents in the beginning. And then of course, uh, lots of good things in the back. I had a I had a I had in the beginning a godly glossary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's wonderful.
1: They, you know, people might not realize they were all spiritually uh, given. And then at the end, I have a chapter on all the joy chapters of, of the of the of the Bible, at least yes. from NIV. <laughs> and I have the cookbook, and I don't know a list of books that might inspire. Well, at, at any rate, that book was already done, and then I was working on the other book, and it was like manna from heaven, Holy Spirit guiding me. Not only was I guiding Bob to birth a new life, I was being guided to a new life. Now, I will tell you that one year and five months later, which was September, I finally was able to deal with Bob's clothes. I could not bear it until then. And yet there were people in my building who had their beloved's past, but I could see what the difference was. They were not involved in his day-to-day care or her day-to-day care it was rapid or just I have to just tell you the recovery was a part of the renewal yeah and had I skipped that to say oh I've you know I have to see who still likes me or like you know well what happened to me is I now became the author of a book about the Lord's prayer in my building do you think they want to party with Diane Congdon not so much, you know, now (laughs) I have this, like, little little reputation, but it's a good reputation, it's a quiet time, I'm 80 years old, I don't want to be doing what 50-year-olds are doing, so I have a whole new perspective on how to spend my time, how to, um, as my beloved uh, Joseph Peck says, redeem your time, there's either, you can either waste your time, or you can redeem it, And redeemed time is eternal time. This kind of thing. Your podcast is redeemed time. Amen. And so I look forward to publishing that. I just still am not inspired to move forward on it until I'm good and ready. I don't have to. And I've just so you know, the sales of the book were mighty at the beginning and they dropped off. I acquired one the number one position, you know, how uh, they, they'll sometimes say, oh, number one. Yes. I did do number one in 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 new age, in uh, self-help for new age. So I did yes. have a one number one. And I, I say that new age because I was there for 31 years, but I realized it was not what the Lord was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that a little bit. How did you get from new age to Jesus?
1: It was interesting because, um, I had carried Jesus ever since I was a little girl. I would, you know, my family was a church going family. I went to Sunday school, I went to Bible school, I went to youth groups. I would, you know, so the Lord was always with me. But, Lori, I did not know the Lord, I really didn't know the Lord, and you know, my husband knew of Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. You know, it's like I partner today with him as my husband, my savior, my king, my say. Well, I don't know how I would do anything without him. Yes. I've submitted myself completely to this. And Paul says, you know, Paul says, look, if you're a widow and you must remarry, but you only marry a believer. Yeah. If you are okay with being without a man in your life, stay a widow you will do much more as a widow than you will married again and so it's not that I don't want companionship I want friends I want good friends but I'm very careful about who I walk with and as I tell my daughter I'm very careful about who I give my pearls to yes so
0: just in case someone hasn't heard that analogy can you explain
1: the pearls well, the pearls are, I don't even know I can tell you the, the verse, but if you give your pearls, uh, to, the pigs will eat them. Yes. Certain people will eat your pearls and use your pearls in a wrong way. And so, whenever I've uh, posted on, I have a a, a group um, that follows me on on Facebook called Youthful Aging Lifestyle, and uh, every once in a while, I'll I'll do something about pearls. I'll put your pearls on today, kids. It's one of those days because we have to realize the gifts of the spirit. It all starts with those love and control, self-control being the bookends. Yes, your pearls are all those fruits and those fruits give you the gifts. Yes, wisdom, understanding and knowledge. You know, I I read, uh, Lori. I read Proverbs one a day. Yeah, I started this uh, October 1st with the first one. I think that's my pattern is I always the first day gets the first one. And I just—it's all about, of course, this, these early chapters, and even previous to the 24th. Which, by the way, where where did October go? Right. <laughs> I have no idea. It's one of those. If you must, because it'll go well. At any rate, I, I I read something I just love. It says, "Here's what you you need to say every day: Wisdom, I love you. Understanding, you're my sweetheart." Yeah. So I tied a little red bow on my front door, little trim to remind myself when I walk in the door, I said, I love you, Jesus wisdom. I love you. And understanding you are my sweetheart. <laughs> so that I, I love tell myself every day who I am in the Lord. That's wonderful. And you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 somebody said to me the other day, I, I help out with this women's group, uh, women's club, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. And I was remembering a birthday party of this lady and she had not been with us. And I, and it was her birthday again. And I said, I remember where you were last year on your birthday. You were in Paris. She said, how do you remember that? I said, because here's what I say to myself every day. I am youthful. I'm ageless. I am beautiful. I have the diamond mind of God. Yeah, the diamond mind of God. Yeah, you say that to yourself every day for years. Let me tell you, you can remember anything. <laughs> so I just love the Lord, and I just, you know, I I have one other book started, and right now I'm I'm just very delighted to to just relish what I have here. The Father tells me the outcome is up to Him, and then the Lord says to me one day, "This will be your calling card." Yeah, be your calling card. You want to go someplace and present yourself. You just give them a book. And so it's not so much about the sales as it is about the message.
0: Yes, being able to reach
1: people, let them know they're not alone. Yes. And and there's the Lord's waiting. He's The Lord is just waiting for a calling to be answered by each and every one of us and our destinies. Listen, if we don't know our purpose and our destiny we're floundering a bit yeah so yeah. it it takes time and and seeking the lord to say all right where am i what is my destiny am i destined to be an author well i guess partially but i'm other things too yes and so i don't just say here's my book this is all i have no i have other things too that i think are godly important things so yeah. The book is just my calling card now.
0: Glory. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have done very many speaking events or anything, but you are a very natural speaker.
1: Well, I have to tell you, I, my early life, I, I worked for Dell Carnegie. Yeah. And uh, I was actually an assistant. And I just, I just learned to pace my voice. And it just is so important not to... Um, Not to rush your words, because as I as I said one time in a little sermon thing I gave, I said, think about your voice as the vase. What makes the vase? It's not the vase. It's the space that makes the vase. Yeah. So what makes your voice? What comes out of it and how does it come out of it? (laughs) So
0: I I I love that.
1: I just regard what we speak to be so, because every word you say is filled with light unless you choose to not say the words that could lead to darkness. So we'd rather be embracing light, wouldn't we? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so um, let's
0: go back a little bit and talk about your husband. In his days before he passed,
1: how did that come about that he accepted the Lord? Well, here's, here was my secret because all my life, I loved the 23rd Psalm. I don't care how many years I was in new age. And I questioned where was Jesus in this? How did I get in here? How did I get here? You know, and I had some great trials during those years. And I thought, who's battling for me? So I, you know, over time it it, it was less and less like something's wrong here, but yet I wasn't like, I was just busy doing life. You know, we lived on a boat, we were traveling and then things shifted. And then you start to look at everything. And so I I just loved the, the 23rd Psalm. So the beginning of the first day that Bob could never get up again. Yeah. I, that was the day, and that took, uh, that took almost five weeks before he was, uh, about three days before he says, When am I going to get out of here? Yeah. I said, Honey, I think it's going to be soon. Yeah. But I said that 23rd psalm, Lord, and he started to say it with me. Mm. And then he'd get to, and the Lord restores my soul. And he'd just go to sleep. It was just as if the Lord said, Diane, don't worry. Yeah. And so then I, one day, while he was still able to speak and, you know, make thoughts, I went through the prayer to
0: give your heart to the Lord. How long have you been praying for him, for his salvation?
1: It started actually back in 2012 when it was on my heart that things were not well with him right and 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 you know it's so easy lori to t- let life take over let the world take over let the flesh take over oh we'll do this party we'll have these people over and that's what you get caught up in and that and, and that people think that's life but it's not life yeah i mean it's all good to have friends but what how you do it and why you do it is is way more important than what you do yeah and so I began to realize our quiet time was valuable, more valuable. And then, you know, the other thing is you have to forgive yourself for the, all the regrets that show up when it's all over. Oh, if only I had or or that sort of thing. Yes.
0: Oh, I understand.
1: That, you know, I, and I I to this day when I uh, had this moment when i had all of his clothes i had to deliver them to this wonderful nova university dress for success program uh every friday they could only let me come on friday so i had three deliveries there i finally got all the suits and the coats and the oh you know the the shoes and all of it the pants the shirts and the last load was kind of clothes that were still good, but I didn't think should go there. So I bagged him up really nice and I took him over to the Salvation Army. Yeah. And I came home that day. I'd been wearing his ring on a, on a pair of pearls. Talking about pearls. Yes. I had a ring that said Jesus on it. And I had his ring and a pearl ring in the middle. Mm. I took that necklace I got into bed and I just laid there and cried, and I said, "Okay, it's done now. Yeah, I've given it the time that was necessary, the quiet time in my life. I put the, I put the whole necklace in my drawer, and I will tell you this: I was released immediately. Really, a great vitality that was suppressed up until that time. I'm I'm really serious when I say that." And so uh, it it gave me such an impetus to know that I am just getting started. Who knows what I'm going to do yet? Right. You still have breath. God still has a plan for you. Breathe through him to me. Oh boy. Amen on that.
0: (laughs) (sighs) So what would you say to someone today who's been praying their heart out for
1: someone they love and it hasn't happened yet? Well, I think the first thing that they have to really look at is that they need to know Jesus. That's the first chapter. Hallowed be thy name, Father. You cannot know the Father unless you know the Son. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And only through Jesus will you ever get to the Father. Amen. The Father to whom we pray is the Holy Spirit that brings the power. And Jesus shows the way. And if we don't have that, how are we going to know what to do? Yeah. So.
0: So what verses helped you get through that time?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'll just read to you my lead verse here from my introduction to my my book. My key scripture was Acts 2.28, which acts are actions. Yes. And it says this, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And my message from that was stop running from your fears. Seek the path the Lord has for you and stand firm to walk in the joy of Jesus. Mm. Now, I have to tell you, uh, being involved with Empower 2000, we did a legacy dream team uh moment and in that moment we were all to find our purpose and i remember i was the head of my little group we had four of us excuse me sure we had four of us in this group we all had various uh we there there is a a site called purpose on purpose and you can discover your purpose and i discovered my purpose was joy i exist to serve by igniting joy Yes. And I remember somebody in my group says, well, that can't be a purpose. Uh, (laughs) And and our great illustrious Joseph Peck said, of course it can. (laughs) Of course it can. Yes. So my whole thing is to inspire people with passion to be able to find the joy because the joy never can be taken from you. Yes. Happiness is a fleeting second. Yes. So that's why the joy in your presence had to be in my verse.
0: <laughs> yes. I don't know if you have looked, how far you looked back on my podcast, but I had an entire season on joy um, at, at the end of last year, beginning of this year before the oh, faithfulness. I love that. Yeah. Because that's, it's a gift. It's ours already. It's from the Holy
1: Spirit. We don't have to work for it. Oh. And and who doesn't love a joyful person? Yeah. Not that you overdo it or in any you know unkind way, but it's just that you're always oh, seeing see. the joyful side of things. Yes. See the 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 blessing, and it, it's like I I have this meant I mentor a a foster child and she, as I had her as an eight year old, and she's now in her in her late forties, going into her fifties. With children, and uh, she lost a job, a, a job interview, and she was just so heartbroken. I said, "No, no, no, no! We have to say the Lord's at hand is on this. You're not supposed to be there." Yeah, that's right. If it so didn't happen, weird. there's a purpose. And if you don't have joy, you can't see that. Yes, yes. Joy unpacks a bunch of stuff,
0: my friends. It does. <laughs> It does. I feel like that's a good lead in Um, back when you were talking about um, being in the tornado zone and your neighbor who didn't trust. Yes. What would you say to someone today who feels like they're just surrounded by so much worry and so much anxiety? What would
1: you say to them? Cast your cares to the mind of Christ. There's only one thing you can say, because you do not know. You cannot see from the heart. He always says, My thoughts are higher thoughts than your thoughts. We can't know the perspective of the situation. You're only seeing it very narrowly a a spot. Yes. How would you imagine you're going to control something you can't see? Yes. And the crowd sees it all. And so I just, the passage that says, the battle belongs to the Lord is the truth. Amen. Casting things to the Christ mind. Because here's why if you have stepped off, The path, let's say you're a believer and you have, you have got a new like circumstance that just hits you sideways. It's very easy to step off and start to worry and start to say, now, what am I going to do about this? Do I work, you know, what happened yesterday or maybe it's tomorrow. Yeah. No, because you just lost your peace. And when you lost your peace, you stepped away into iniquity. Yeah. So you have to stay on that path of, Lord, you know this, I don't, here it is, and restore my peace, renew my mind. James says, trials are the greatest gift because they produce faith. Faith produces perseverance, and perseverance will help us to ask for wisdom. Amen. Don't go through that little uh, producing thing. We won't ask for wisdom, which means, "Here, here, Lord, here it is. Yes. So read 1st James.
0: <laughs> oh, such a good, such a good mm. all of James. So rich. James so good. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love James. Me too. Stepping into the Lord means a couple of things. It means, first of all, that he comes first. Yes. 6, 20, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom for everything will come from it. And that's, you know, God has to be at the top of your list, then your family, then then maybe your business is down there somewhere. And it's not your business is first. No, has to be the Lord. Has yes. Has to be the Father. And to seek the Father, you have to have time. Yes. Don't multitask with God. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work that way. As <laughs> much as I love multitasking. No, no, no. So it's like a discipline. And I feel that one of my messages that I have on Amazon, you know how Amazon gives you a little, like you could have a little blurb about your book. Yeah. Part of my little blurb is you will acquire new disciplines when you start to discipline yourself with the Lord. Mm, Ooh, I like that. Good ones. Yeah. You might stop watching the news. You might start going to bed early and rising up early where you, you have the very best, quietest hours of the day. To do what you need to do. The Holy Spirit guides you in this quiet moment. And you know. If your family gets up at 6. You may need to get up at 5. Yes. If you're going to get up at 5. And do it really, really well. That means you got to be in bed. So get your family going to bed. Because that's what the early pioneers did. You know. I told you. I don't know if I mentioned it. But at the end of the book glory the Lord uh, the Holy Spirit says to me you need more stories mm-hmm. so he says I want you to get six stories and plant those stories yeah in, in 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 at least six chapters So I started to go through the whole book again and thinking well now what story can I tell about that and it would always apply but what I did at the very beginning was when I my brother and I went to a a reunion in Root, Kansas where I was born and raised yeah Hollerood, Kansas a friend who has a vast farm took us out to his vast farm and there was a sod house and i just <clears throat> could never get over that that they would leave on a boat they didn't know for sure they were going to get there and for sure when they got on their wagons and came into kansas where would they stop how would how would they live what what, what? no they trusted in the lord yes I don't know that you and I could do what they did. I truly mean that. Yeah. Yeah. We have to know when the plane lands. We have to know when the plane leaves. We have to, you know, today we're just so like technical. Mm -hmm. Back to them. And I even say that in my little story there, I said, well, the sun and candles, the -hmm. sun came up and the sun went down and that was your day. That's right. So that's kind of how I live, Lori. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I've got nobody else to worry about. So it's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share with my audience?
1: Oh, I just think I'm just so grateful. And I just pray that father, you're going to touch a heart that there would be a new way to look at how important it is to love you and trust you give your heart to the Lord. And let the Holy Spirit come baptize you. And then you have this friend that will show you the next steps, convict you when you're wrong, give you lordly praise when you're right. And it's just such and not only that, my dear friends, but appointments, divine appointments and anointings will take place like you couldn't imagine it could work that way. How would that work that way? You'll ask yourself. That's the sort of life you want to seek. And then love on your beloveds. If you're a gentleman with a wife or a a lady uh, with with a a man that is, is just a little reluctant, don't give up on them. And also remember, an unbeliever does not have the trust level that a believer has. Right. So well, often the trust issue could have come from their own father. Therefore, at some place buried deep in the cell of the heart is how, why would I trust another father? Yes. So you got, you don't know the deep wounds your beloveds carry until you are quiet with them and they start to talk to you in a way they've never talked before.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: You things that they have never told you before. You think you know your husband of 40 years. You don't really know. Right. So you have got to have time with them to let that river flow, that Holy Spirit just move right in and bring those words out. And then you can pray over those things and you can decree over those things and those strongholds. You can bind those things. Lord knows the enemy wants us split in our families.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: That's exactly how they do it. An unbeliever and a believer. Yep. So it's not your husband or your wife. It's the enemy wanting it that way so that we are not in unity. In unity, unified, you cannot, no one can break it. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. So where can my audience find you and your book? (laughs)
1: Well, my book is on Amazon, and it is the Astonishing Joy novella, and that would just make my heart sing. Um, I have a site called Ignite Joy Today. Yes. Ignite Joy Today. And then I'm about to have one called DianeCongdon.com. Okay. DianeCongdon.com is dealing with It's Never Too Late. Yes. That whole message is, I we thought, important. So it's more of an author page. It shows my next book. And, oh, I have these aprons that I, you know, have available. And apron yourself with an apron. And it says like Ignite that. Joy Today, you know, seasoned with love. I don't know, a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, Ignite Joy Today is one way. And I don't know if I should test Diane Conga, yet or not, but it's going to be there, <laughs> one of these okay and, and, and so there's there's of course a message there and, and then what I like to do if I do get a note from someone is I like to actually send them a note just encouraging them to uh, let me know if there's anything that they would like to have prayer over or yeah have my thoughts on but I also actually send them I send them a calendar so well, if they want to talk they can actually book a time with me. Yeah, okay wonderful. Yeah. So Lori, this, this has been just marvelous. Thank you 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 so much. much. I just, I've enjoyed it so much and I just bless you. I bless your family. I bless all that you were doing, the lives you're touching. Thank you. I hope so. (laughs) That's my prayer. Like just God use me, you know, here I am and me. Yes. Yes. Oh, I just love it. I love it so much. So blessings on you, my friend.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Voice for the Hurting. You can find information on today's guest in the description below, plus links to follow A Voice for the Hurting on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next week for more inspiring stories to strengthen you on your journey. If you are a Christian who has been through a divorce, stay tuned for our next season, Christians Healing After Divorce, starting in January of 2023.